0: You are listening to Overcomer's Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. So, here we are. Um, I am super excited to start us out. Um, on the series. And you know, whenever dad first asked me to teach, I was excited because I was like, this is something that I meditate on and think on all the time. And not only is it kind of the season of life I'm in right now, but it's also um, what I feel called to. And so I am super excited. So I'm going to be talking about having a right heart posture in worship specifically. Um, and, you know, a posture is something that is developed over time and then becomes your fallback. So I kind of am a slouchy person. So whenever I sit down, I tend to slouch. And whenever I stand, I tend to slouch too. Um, so, um, <laughs> um, so, And that comes from doing it for so long. And I've been trying to catch myself and be like, all right, well, i got to sit up straight now and stand up straight. And that just comes from doing it over and over again, and then it becomes your fallback. So it's super important to have a right posture in everything that you do, but in worship specifically. So, um, and um, we're going to go over and look at David, because to me, David is such a great example of what worship looks like in everything. And, um, so, um, kind of the, the right posture is the definition of worship and it's bowing down in a humble homage and homage means having a respect or an honor. So it's a bowing down and having a respect and an honor. And that bowing down is in the physical, but it's mostly in the spiritual and in your heart. And it's bowing down and being like, Lord, I'm going to place you at the highest place in everything that I do. And so that's the posture you need to have. So we're gonna look in First Samuel seventeen verse thirty three, and all of all of David's life is super good. And what was so um, awesome about David is he always came back to this place of worship, of bowing down in a respect and an honor for God, um, and humbling himself before Him. That is what made David a great man and a man after God's own heart. And so we're gonna read. Verse 33, and it says, And Saul said to David, "Um, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who, de- who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said, go and the Lord be with you. So <laughs> there's, there's a lot of powerful stuff in this. But one thing that I just kind of got out of it is David knew the Lord. And this is why he was able to go to the Philistine and um, go to Saul and be like, this uncircumcised Philistine who doesn't have a covenant with my God cannot stand against me. And I believe he knew the Lord and he saw his face because he spent time in worship with the Lord and because he was postured right with the Lord. And he had no, no doubt that he would overcome this Philistine. And so this just goes to show you like that David really did spend time with the Lord, because you don't trust somebody like that unless you spend time with them a lot. And we were talking about this with um, Moses a couple weeks ago, and he, um, he, after he broke the Ten Commandments and then went back up, he said, after he talked to the Lord and whatever, he was like, Lord, show me your face. And so... Really, a person's face is kind of who they are and what they look like. And so this is, uh, Moses was saying, I want to see your face, Lord. I want to know who you are. And I believe this was David's heart, too, towards the Lord. He wanted to know who the Lord was, and he wanted to be postured right before him. So the next verse we're going to go look at is 1 Samuel 16, jumping back a little bit. And in verse 18, and then we're going to skip and then read verse 22 and 23. And there are so many things in this, but this is right after David was anointed king. Um, to be king over Israel, one thing that was super powerful about David is it didn't matter that he was just anointed king. He still went back and he still spent time with the Lord. And in this, he found favor, um, and so in verse 18, it says, Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. So then skipping ahead a little bit, and this is, this is super good, and this just goes to show you um, whenever it says, And the Lord is with him, people seen that the Lord was on David. And they seen that because he spent time with him, And, um, you know, there's like the saying, who you spend time with is who you'll be like. And so David spent time with the Lord. And so whenever he's postured like this to the Lord of, Lord, I'm just going to place you with the highest thing in everything that I'm doing, then all this other stuff came. And so um, his servant seen it and said, the Lord is with him. And so then not only, well, let me actually not jump ahead of myself, but... <laughs> Let's go into verse 22, and it says, Then Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. And so it was, whenever the Spirit of God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand, and Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. And there's a lot in these two verses. And at the end of verse 2, and it says, For he has found favor in my sight, and David was, David found favor in the thing that he was going to be called into because he just trusted the Lord. And so he was already called in to be, he was anointed king and was called into this place, and he found favor in it because he just trusted the Lord. And um, this next verse, 23, um, whenever it's talking about how David would play the harp, um, and the distressing spirit would leave Saul, I was just asking the Lord, I was like, why why is it that whenever David played, the distressing spirit would leave? And I really believe that it was because of David's posture towards the Lord. And I believe that David walked in a lot of peace and a lot of joy in his life. And whenever he would get around Saul and just worship and play the harp before him, whenever he would get around Saul, that distressing spirit that was in Saul couldn't stay. It didn't have a place to stay. And so whenever you're postured before the Lord in this place, this, all this distressing stuff and whatever else that's going on can't stay. And, and um, David knew this, and David kept the Lord at the highest place in his mind all the time. And that was, it was probably a year and a half ago maybe, we were doing uh, worship practice Um, And dad just, at the end of it, was like, "What, what to you guys is the definition of worship? And I just had the Lord speak to me, and he said, placing me at the highest place in your mind and in your heart. And so this really just means that worship is just placing him at the highest place in everything that you're doing. And so worship isn't all of what we do on Sunday mornings. That is a part of worship, but it's only like this much of what worship is actually supposed to be like. And worship really is supposed to be like us keeping him at the highest place in our mind all the time that's what worship is supposed to look like and um it doesn't matter like where you are or what you're doing you can you always have something at the top of your mind so what is it is it the lord or is it other things so the next thing that we're going to go look at is second samuel 6 13 through 15 um, and i didn't actually mark this one i don't know why <laughs> 6, and then verse 13 through 15. It says, and so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces. Let me back up a little bit, and this is right after um, David had tried to bring the ark in by his own means. They built a cart, and then um, I forget what his name was. asa asa touched the cart, and then he was struck down or whatever, and then they left it somewhere. And um, then I believe David came back to the Lord in this place and was like, I'm, I'm sorry, what did I do wrong here? And then the Lord told him what to do because really it was supposed to be the priests who brought, brought the Ark of the Lord up. And um, so then in verse 13, this is where this is picking up. And it says, and so it was when those bearing the Ark of the Lord had gone six paces, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all of his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And so in this, I just want something that kind of stuck out to me and the Lord was kind of showing me, is we have to have a culture of worship. And this is something that David had all throughout his life because... um, Right here, you see like most people's response wouldn't just be to take off your clothes and start dancing before the Lord. And I'm not saying we should do that for sure. Definitely shouldn't. Um, But um, David had this culture in him that he would always come back to this place of giving God the glory. And anytime he didn't, he came back and was like, Lord, I'm sorry. And he came back to this place of worship, bowing down in a humble homage, bowing down himself and a respect and an honor and a reverence for the Lord. And so this, because this was David's posture, because this was his fallback, um, this is why he was a man after God's own heart. And it's not because he did everything right, but it's because he had this posture before the Lord. Um, And um, so we were, I guess it was last Tuesday actually, we were doing this class, um, and somehow the thing got brought up that in India they have arranged marriages. And so that's their culture, and that's what they always fall back on. And that seems totally foreign to us because that's not our culture at all. And, like, we were in Brazil, and they had a super strong culture of, like, hospitality, and we ate and ate and ate. All the time, it felt like we were just constantly eating. And it was because they had this real culture of hospitality. And they always, that would be their default, would be to come back to this place of, for Brazil, hospitality. For India, they would come back to, um, this is who I'm gonna be with for the rest of my life because this is what I was told. Um, And so we actually need to have a culture that's not by default, but it's by design. And so we have to have a culture of worship in us that we always, our default is worship. Our default is posturing ourselves before the Lord and coming back in obedience and being like, Lord, I'm just going to bow down in all of you right now. And I'm just going to have such a respect and honor for you. And I'm going to place you at the highest place in every single thing that I'm doing. And so that is, that's where we need to be. And um, one thing also that David realized in this is that worship worship is a choice and not an emotion. And so this just goes back to placing him at the highest place in your mind. Like, it's not, it's not based off an emotional state that we're in. It's based off of a choice that we're making in our hearts and in our minds. And so we have to make this choice all the time. And David did. And, you know, um, he could have, like, after Saul was um, persecuting him and stuff and, like, was attacking him or whatever, he could have been like, Lord, I'm called to this place. Who is this man that keeps persecuting me in this place? He could have been like that. But instead, he went back to the field and just worshiped the Lord. And that was where he went back to because he realized that it wasn't it wasn't based off of how he was feeling or what he was doing. It was based off of his choice to do this. Um, And so this is something that was super great about David. Um, um, It was probably three weeks ago we were in uh, prayer in here, and um, I was just asking the Lord, like, how do we go to this other place? And I was speaking, or I was asking him more about, like, as a corporate setting. I was like, how do we go to this other place in worship to you? Because it feels like you can kind of get in this place of comfort, you can kind of get in this place of staying, like, right here. And um, I was like, Lord, I want to go to another place with you, and I want to bring the people that are with me. And, um, and it's not about me at all. It's about the Lord, and it's about entering his throne. Um, but he just began to show me that it's sacrifice. And, you know, sacrifice isn't something that he's requiring, but it is something that's necessary if you want to go to another place with him. And because, like, we don't have to sacrifice anymore. Jesus already did it all. We don't have to sacrifice anymore to actually go to heaven. Like, we don't have to do that. But he was just telling me that we're going to have to sacrifice what we want and what we want to do if we want to go to this other place with him. Um, and so it actually more is like I prayed and we talked and whatever. It actually is really a sacrifice in obedience. Because the word also says that obedience is greater than sacrifice. But most of the time what I've realized is that if you're walking in obedience, then you're going to have to sacrifice things. So, um, And Dad talked about this last week, about the, like, the greatest nevertheless ever in the Bible with Jesus. I forget where it was. Um, but... Um, one thing also that you can take out of this is Jesus said, "Not as I not as my will, but as yours, Lord. And so Jesus was sacrificing in obedience. He wasn't sacrificing for himself because if he was, he already told us. He said, "Let this cup pass uh, from me, and if it is possible. And if he was just sacrificing for himself, he wouldn't have done it, but he was sacrificing in obedience to his Father. And so um, the Lord was just really showing me that if we want to go to this next level with him, then we're going to have to begin to sacrifice um, in obedience to him. And sacrifice just looks like laying on the altar and laying down everything that we want and just giving it all over to the Lord. This is this is what sacrifice and obedience looks like. And it's sacrificing what he's telling you to sacrifice. But I really believe In worship, there's so many things. um, There's so many things in worship that could be like, Am I doing this right? Am I whatever? But it really is just about sacrificing to Him. And it's about laying yourself out and um, bowing down to Him because, you know, um, in our culture in America, it kind of, and just what's engraved in us from the start. Our culture is not to bow down. And especially right now, it feels like, um, like I'm just going to be me, and I'm going to do me, and I'm going to do what I want to do. And really, the Lord is saying that it's supposed to be the opposite. You're supposed to be doing what I want you to do. And that is, that's what we have to sacrifice. We have to sacrifice what we want and what we think is right, really. Because what we think is right is not really right. What the Lord thinks is right is really right. <laughs> so, um, and this um, this is something that David understood, too. Because, um, like I said, like, he always came back to this place of just trusting in the Lord and being like, it's it's not what I think is right, Lord. It's what you think is right. And because he always came back to that place is why he was called a man after God's own heart. And so I long to be like that too to where at the like whenever I'm dead that people would say he was a man after God's own heart. Um so the next verse we're gonna go look at is John four twenty-three through twenty-four. And we're gonna look at this in the Passion translation. Um because I just love the way that it says this. Maybe here it is. And so it says, from now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of spirit and in truth. And there, there's a lot of great things in this verse. But it says, um, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. And so it doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing, because it's not about the place. It's about the heart. And so in all things that we do, we need to have this posture of worshiping the Lord. And in the next part, it says, for, for God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of spirit and in truth. And this is something also that I believe the Lord is calling us to is sincerity in our worship towards him. Because the church as a whole has made worship be this whole religious thing. And really, that's the total opposite of what the Lord is wanting it to be. And he's saying that I've, I want sincerity back from my people. And um, so this is something that we have to do. Um, we have to be sincere in our worship towards him. And this just looks like laying down, like I said, laying ourselves down on the altar before him and being like, it's not what I want, Lord. It's what you want. And what can I do to sacrifice to you in obedience? Um, and so I just want to end with that. Um, so if the worship team wants to come back up. And um, I just want to give you guys a chance. So I'm not going to make you, if everybody wants to stand, um, I'm not going to make you raise your hands or um, come to the front or anything because this really has to be a choice in you guys. And so if everyone will close their eyes, um, I just want to pray over you guys, and this is a choice that you guys have to make in your own hearts. It's not a choice that I can make for you. It's not a choice that Pastor Kent can make for you. It's not a choice that anybody can make for you. It's a choice that you have to make in your heart. You have to make this choice in your heart to say, Lord, I want to lay myself down on the altar, and I want to give it all to you, and I want to have sincerity in my worship towards you, and so if that's you, then you know that right now, And just tell the Lord that right now in your heart. So thank you, Jesus, for these people. And thank you, Jesus, that you're bringing sincerity back to the church. And it's not about this religious thing anymore. It's about just worshiping you. And um, thank you, Lord, that um, you're helping them to have a posture, a heart that's postured before you. And that you're also helping them to sift through all the things in their minds. And that it doesn't matter what they're thinking or what they're doing. It'll be that they're thinking about you and that they're placing themselves um, under you in this place of worship and bowing down in a respect and an honor for you, Lord. So, amen. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit OCI Perryville